Amen. If you would, take your Bibles out and turn to Jonah. I'll tell you that first because it's kind of hard to find sometimes. We don't go to Jonah very often. I told you last week to be thinking about this. I don't know if anybody remembered, but uh, what are some things you're thankful for? Of course, uh, anything, but uh, this is your chance to respond. And we don't have a huge crowd, so don't, don't, be, uh, don't be shy. Amen. Amen. She's a jewel, too. Is it really? Jewel? I didn't know that. As long as you need. My son and I was out on the lake fishing. Pat May, some of you know about him, some of you don't. And I had a feeling come on me that I knew what it was, kind of like when you hear a rattlesnake and don't see him, you know what it is. And Michael finally got me to my dad's house. He lived out on the lake. We called in. I went to the hospital. Dr. Woodruff and Dr. Crumper was on duty. One had had one of them had had open heart surgery, and the other one was an internal medicine doctor. My wife was beside herself. We had two children. She didn't work, it was just uh, me. And of course she was on her knees from the time she got to the hospital till I guess till I got out of the hospital. But Dr. Crumpler and Dr. Woodward both told me that uh, I needed to get my stuff in order because I wasn't gonna <coughs> walk through the night. Well, you know when you reach that point in your life and you realize there's uh, end of the road, you. You, you, whether you like it or not, you realize who God is whenever you go talking to him. But I begged, I bargained, I done everything I could do during that time. But from 2.30 till about 8 o'clock, they poked on me and told me that I was going to die. Well, there was two pastors, about 20 people in my family there. Several of them was in the prayer room. Some of them was in there with me. And there was a peace come on me just like somebody had just uh, took all my burdens away. Dr. Crumpler, Dr. Woodward come back in there with Lynn, told me what they decided that I was just, I mean, I was, I was there. I don't know why, but I told the doctors if they'd go home and quit poking on me, I'd go to bed, go to sleep. <laughs> and I did. The next day, they come in, they said, where in the world is that old man at that was in this hospital when I left last night? Now, now I was 39 years old, just turned 39 years old. And I realized then, Jim doctor didn't know everything. And I told both of them that. They kept me in the hospital for nine days just to make sure that they, I hadn't misdiagnosed myself. But during that nine days, I got to share with a lot of people. And here it's been 41 years. That was a long night, wasn't it? I got to see my grandkids grow up, my kids grow up, great-grandkids. God's good. He is powerful. Amen. And this morning I woke up, I walked out on the patio, had a cup of coffee, and I watched a beautiful sunrise. That was 40 years after he told me I wasn't going to make it. 
God's real. We need to realize that. He is awesome. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. God is real and he is awesome. Anyone else have something you'd like to share? It seems like sometimes when we're the, uh, our toughest times, we get closer to the Lord. Uh, but those are times we're most thankful for. Because uh, when we look back and realize how God has delivered us and what he has done, we certainly come back with a heart of thanksgiving. We started talking about this last week, uh, Jonah chapter 2, uh, and I want to just kind of finish up today. Jonah chapter 2, starting in verse 1, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord from the fish's belly, and I spent a lot of time on that last week, so wherever you're at today, whatever crisis you may be in, uh, whatever um, is still in a way you're Thank, your, your thanksgiving, the thankfulness that you may have in your heart. And it may not be anything, and that's great. Remember where Jonah was. He was in a fish's belly. And he says, from Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me to the deep, and he's talking to God, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, and all your billows and your waves passed over me. And then I said... I've been cast out of your sight, yet I will look towards your holy temple. The waters have encompassed me, even my soul. The deep uh, closed in around me. Weeds are wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, uh, and the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet uh, you have brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. And when my soul fainted within me, my prayer, uh, I, I remember the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. And look what he's, he does at this point. He's, it's a description of where he's at. He's in the belly of a fish. He's uh, gone down to the depth of the ocean, uh, up and down. There's seaweed. There's everything you would have in the ocean that a whale might eat. And he says, those regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. That was where Jonah was. In the midst of the belly of the well, this wasn't after he was out. This wasn't after the fish vomited him up on the bank. This was while he was still in the depths of, of Sheol, he says, I offer up a voice of thanksgiving. And I will pay what I have vowed to you, and salvation is of the Lord. And that's what Debbie was saying, and that's what John was saying. Salvation's found in the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited up Jonah on dry land. And I'm going to just move right on down to where we closed last week. And uh, kind of the, the premise behind this, and I was thinking I would finish last week, was uh, moving up towards Thanksgiving. Of course, next Sunday... Uh, well, Thursday we'll celebrate Thanksgiving, but we'll finish this up Sunday. But uh, regardless of where you are, Jonah finally kind of gives us an ideal about um, uh, how to move back to the point of Thanksgiving in our life. 
Uh, it's so easy for us to get bogged down in the worries and struggles of everyday life and uh, circumstances we may find ourselves in and situations we may find ourselves in. Uh, it's really easy for us to, uh, the news, you know, uh, this to, the negative things that we find all around us to move away from Thanksgiving. But the first thing Jonah did, he cried out to God uh, and he says, because he's going to hear you. So wherever we find ourselves, cry out to God first and he'll hear you. And the second thing Jonah did, and we talked about this last week, and then the second thing Jonah did was he looked up to God with hope. You know, he's here he is in the belly of a fish, and he describes, you've cast me in the heart of the seas. Uh, he, he talks about all those things. I've been cast out of your sights. The waves have have uh, folded over me. You know, uh, I've been cast uh, in the depths of the sea, yet I will look towards your holy temple. So uh, he, he cried out for the Lord. He looked to the Lord, and, and we can still do that. Uh, and, and he found uh, hope in God in the midst of his, uh, his struggle. So that's kind of where we were last week. Late in 1602, uh, there were 102 passengers of the Mayflower. They began to move towards a new life at, at Plymouth, Massachusetts. And the first winter, of course, it was brutal. Uh, if you kind of know this, and I, uh, I never was much of a student, but I did like uh, the the history and things like that. Uh, and I remember talking about this way back in grade school, you know. And uh, by spring, nearly half of them uh, of the of the the occupants of the Mayflower had died <clears throat> from sickness and starved, and the situation was getting desperate. Uh, and God sent a young Indian named, what was his name? Squanto. Uh, and he sent him to rescue. More than a, a decade before the pilgrims arrived, uh, a group of English traders sailed to, to Plymouth. They had already been there. Uh, and some trusting Indians came out to meet them, and they took them and sold them to slave, as slaves in Spain. So this is, this is a, a decade before the pilgrims ever arrived. Uh, there had been some English traders there. They had, they had taken these Indians. They, uh, they had sold them as slaves into Spain. Well, uh, Quanto or Squanto, however you want to say it, and you can look it up and it gives you two pronunciations. But uh, he was one of the boys that was so, sold into slavery. Uh, his owner treated him really well and, and led him to faith in Jesus Christ. So eventually, he made his way back to England and he worked in the stables of this guy named John uh, Slaney, S-L-A-N-E-Y. Uh, and he promised Quanto that he'd put him on the first ship back to America. So he had treated him real good. He'd kind of been all around and his owner said the first Ship bound for America, I'm going to send you. So 10 years after he was kidnapped, uh, he finally was allowed to go back home. He arrived in Massachusetts, and uh, when he arrived, he met more heartache because uh, an ec epidemic had wiped out nearly all of his people and all of his tribe. So, you know, if, he, if anybody had a reason to be bitter, it would have been him. He, uh, he had been kidnapped, he had been sold into slavery, he had been shipped to England, he had been 
shipped back to uh, America, and then he finds out that uh, all his family and most of his tribe are dead, and, uh, but he had given his life to Christ. So uh, when the Mayflower arrives, Quanto went there. Uh, he shocked the pilgrims because he greeted them in English. Uh, that would be a shock, wouldn't it? You know, for, uh, for somebody, an Indian uh, man to come out and start talking to them in English. Here's what William Bradford said. He was the pilgrim's governor. Uh, he said, because a special instrument sent from God for our good, he showed us how to plant our corn, where to take fish, and procure other commodities. He was also our pilot to bring us to unknown places for our profit, and he never left us until he died. Squanto, even in his uh, death, left all his possession to the pilgrim as a remembrance of his love. So that's just a kind of a picture of, of uh, someone that was in a bad situation. We have Jonah we talked about today that, that's in a, a bad situation. We had the pilgrims that were in a bad situation, but in each of those cases, because of what God has done, they were reminded of that, and God sent a rescuer. Uh, God sent that fish, and he, uh, he lost his lunch there on the beach, whatever, and then God sent this Indian man to go and uh, to be the hope for the pilgrims. So looking out to God. Here's the third thing. So we, we look towards God, we call out to God, and we speak to God about his help. Listen to what Jonah said. He says, this is verse 5 and 6, The waters encompass me, even to my soul, the deep close around me. Weed, some, some translations actually says seaweed, but if y'all ever been in the ocean and you're walking around and that weed brushes your leg, you know, it's nasty, isn't it? <laughs> uh, just try to swim away from that stuff and it sticks to you. There he is, wrapped around his head, in his mouth, up his nose. Uh, he went down to the moorings of the mountains, to the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you brought me up, my life up from the pit, and oh Lord my God. And then in verse 9, Jonah says, I'll sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. So uh, when we speak out to God about his help, we speak out with a voice of thanksgiving. I want you to think about that. We heard this morning some testimonies that that were really blessed. Did they bless you? Uh, our, anytime we, we, uh, we have testimonies, they always are a blessing to me. Uh, I don't have time to, to go here much, but we had a little old man in our church at Fairview. What was his name? Mr. Acre, was that his name? Uh, he would get up. Now, we were kind of like y'all. You didn't smile or you didn't say anything in church. You just you just sat there with these long faces wanting it to be over. And uh, he, do what, what was that? He, he would say, I got to testify. Well, you know, the first day we started to vote him out for speaking out in church. But uh, he would get up and uh, he, would, he would say, God is good. And then he would tell a story, something that he was thankful for. And I still remember that. And and they had uh, he and his wife had fostered. I think it was over two hundred kids, and a lot of times it was something to do with that. But he always spoke out about God and His help. And when he spoke out about God and His help, it always led him to the point of thanksgiving. 
He was thankful for what God had done. He talked about getting in the fight with one of them. Uh, that was an older boy. That He was a little short guy, uh, but he. Uh, it was so funny. I can't remember the exact story, but they got in a fist fight, and uh, he said, boy, it was neck and neck. You know, this. he was an older man, and... Uh, he said, I, I finally got the best of him. He said, I finally got him and, and got him down. And, uh, and he was, that was what he was thankful for, that he was able to overcome. And that, that's kind of funny to stand up in a church and say, I had a big fight with one of my sons, and I, I took him down. Boy, I'm so thankful that God was with me. <laughs> but he said, I was nearly out. He said, I was about through, and God finally delivered him over. But he always had that ideal of thanksgiving. And uh, kind of where we are today, I read about a fourth grader who, who was asked to give a report about Thanksgiving in a politically correct world, and she said, the pilgrims came here seeking freedom from you-know-what, and they landed and gave thanks to, well, you-know-who. Uh, because of them, we can worship on Sundays uh, you-know-where, and you know, that's, that's a little too true. Uh, God doesn't want us to be like that. God wants us to speak out about his help. And that's why I love these testimonies. When we speak out about how God has helped us, it encourages others. If you're in the belly of the well or if you're fighting your son because, uh, you know, right down to the, to the bitter end, uh, cry out to God and, and speak about God. And that was this... Uh, this Mr. Acre's desire was to bring all these children to an understanding of God. That was his purpose. That was his life's work. So how can we get to the place of thanksgiving? So we, we recognize God, we call out to God, we speak about God's goodness, and lastly, turn back to God in heartfelt obedience. You know, Jonah, if we read that whole story, I'm sure some of y'all remember the story. Uh, Jonah was in the belly of the well. Why? because of his own decisions, wasn't he? He made the decision to run from Nineveh. He didn't like them. He didn't want them to be saved. He didn't want anything to do with them. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people are, are in bad situations because of the actions of other people. Some people are in bad situations even because they've done something good, not bad. So I'm not saying every time this is it, but in, in Jonah's case, uh, he had acted in disobedience. And because of that, he had really lost sight of what God had for him. Now, when that fish spit him up on the bank, what did he do? He tore out to Nineveh. I mean, he went back and he started preaching just exactly uh, what God had done. If you remember that story, uh, the people in Nineveh, they repented. They turned to God. Y'all remember what Jonah did? He got mad at God <laughs> after all that. I bet he didn't get on a boat. <laughs> He's like, a, a lizard might have come at him, but... Uh, uh, you know, he turned back to God in heartfelt obedience, regardless of what kind of jam we're in. It's always good to recommit ourselves to Jesus Christ. Right here around Thanksgiving, uh, just, to, just to go back and remind ourselves how much we have to be thankful for. Uh, you know, I, don't, I tell you all this, and I've already talked about the news. I don't watch the news. I hate the news. Uh, but, but you can bet they, the... The, the 
agenda today is for us not to be thankful about anything. We the, Just forget about what God has done. Forget about thankfulness and, and worry about this mountain of problems that are ahead of you. But, but when Jonah turned back to God in heartfelt obedience, he wasn't worried about the pit anymore. He simply was worried about what God had for him. We observe, we observe Thanksgiving this month... Uh, because the the pilgrims, what they did, they declared a a Thanksgiving feast, and it started December the 13th in 1621. Now, y'all may or may not find this interesting, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. In in 1789, the whole country celebrated the first Thanksgiving to God. That was what Thanksgiving was. It was a Thanksgiving to God, and it was a proclamation by George Washington. So he said our whole country is going to celebrate a thanksgiving to God. That was the purpose of the thanksgiving. By the 1820s, it was a tradition that was forgotten. It had nearly just gone completely along the wayside. People ignored the holiday. You remember we talked last week about we get out of... uh, we get out of Halloween and we go straight to Christmas and we've kind of just got where we pass over Thanksgiving and we may have a meal, we may get together, but uh, there's not much said about Thanksgiving. If you watch uh, any television or listen to commercials, you don't hear anything about being thankful anymore about uh, our country. You just pass right on through to Christmas. And uh, so that happened back in 1820, but there's a lady named Sarah Hale. She kind of took up the call. She became a kind of a champion for Thanksgiving uh, because she was well acquainted with hardship. And she was born in 1788. She was the daughter of a disabled veteran for, from the Revolutionary War. She helped support her family by teaching in school. In 1813, she married David Hale. He died of pneumonia while she was pregnant with her fifth child. She was left to support her children, and she did so by making hats, writing poetry, and writing novels. Uh, But in spite of her sometimes difficult life, it says Sarah was thankful, and she believed that Thanksgiving should not be something that fades away. She believed that the whole country should celebrate a day of Thanksgiving on the same day of of the Thursday of the last Thursday of November. So she picked her pen up, and over... Uh, several years, she wrote thousands of letters to politicians, several thousand to politicians, asking them to make Thanksgiving a national holiday. Eventually, uh, it went to President Zachary Taylor. He refused. He said, we're not going to do that. Later, she wrote to President Fillmore, Pierce, Buchanan. They all refused to make Thanksgiving a national holiday. Finally, in 1863, uh, despite the, the point that the country was in a civil war during that time, uh, she wrote to President Abraham Lincoln, and he agreed to make Thanksgiving a national holiday for all Americans, again, to give thanks to Almighty God. That's what Thanksgiving was about. It took 38 years of her writing to different people and different presidents uh, for that for that day of, of Thanksgiving to be recognized. Uh, folks, we don't need to forget that, that we uh, have a day of Thanksgiving. Uh, we have turkey and dressing and all of those things, but we have a day of Thanksgiving because what God has done for us, not just in our church, not just in our life, but literally still in our country, what God has done for us. We live in a 
a country that's in turmoil right now, but uh, God is still on the throne and God should still be worshipped and praised. And remember, Jonah was in the midst of turmoil too, and he gave us a recipe uh, of how to move back to that point of thanksgiving. So the last thing is uh, Matthew 12.40 says, As Jonah was in the was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of uh, in the heart of the earth. So Jonah was kind of an Old Testament picture of the coming of Christ. They were not the th- same, you know. Jonah Jonah the, went through intense suffering because of his own sins. Christ went through intense suffering for our sins. Jonah felt like he was dead. Christ died. He went to the grave. He defeated Satan, he defeated sin, he was, he was raised again, and that's why Jonah says in verse 9, salvation is of the Lord, it comes from the Lord. Last thing about Abraham Lincoln, uh, that 1863 proclamation uh, really was a turning point in his life. Uh, he says, this was following the Gettysburg Address, Lincoln said, while I was walking among the thousands of graves at Gettysburg, uh, it is there that I committed my life to Christ. He later explained to a friend, when I left Springfield to assume the presidency, I asked for people to pray for me, but I was not a Christian. When I buried my son, the severest of trial of my life, I was not a Christian. But I went, when I went to Gettysburg and saw thousands and thousands of graves of our soldiers, it is there that I was consecrated, or it is there that I consecrated my life to Christ. So, uh, you know, just thinking about I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. I want you to think about really what are you thankful for today? There are so many, so many blessings uh, that God has given us, even in the midst of turmoil. Jonah found something to be thankful for. He said, I'm offering up a word of thanksgiving to God in in the midst of my struggle. And maybe you're saying, boy, I've had a great year. This has been one of the best years. Don't forget to offer up a word of thanksgiving to God. Now, our nation, our country, even the world doesn't recognize thanksgiving as a day to be thankful to God. But that's really what it is. That's why it was created a day that we could be thankful for God. So I want to ask you in just a moment, uh, just as we have a, just a moment of silence, to, to really just be thankful to God and uh, just, just offer up a, a word of thanksgiving to Him. If you're at that place of your life that, you know, things have just been a rough year and rough month or rough days, uh, cry out to God. He's going to hear you. Look up to God as our only hope. Speak out to God about his help and then turn back to God in heartfelt obedience and you'll have a spirit of thanksgiving. Remember, after those toughest times of life and we were delivered from God is when we find that thankful heart. Father, today as we just go through and just for an hour or hours, we could just list the many things that we had to be thankful for. 
Father, first and foremost, we're thankful for your love and your Son, Jesus Christ, that you sent yet while we were sinners to die for us, Father. Lord, we are thankful for that. We're thankful, Father, that uh, you have created us, that you have called us, that you have set us aside, and we're thankful for a purpose and a plan in our lives, Lord. And uh, Father, I pray that when we get down in the dumps and we really don't know, Father, that we we would cry out to you knowing, Father, that uh, we have hope in you, we have help in you, and Father, you just uh, desire that we'd be obedient to you, Father. Lord, I pray also today that as we uh, think about these testimonies we've heard, as we as we really think about what you have done for us on the cross, Lord, I pray if there'd be any here that's never accepted you as your personal Savior, Lord, I pray today would be the day of salvation. Lord, I pray that we would turn towards you and what a great day of Thanksgiving we could have knowing that uh, you have saved us. We have eternal home. We never face death, uh, but we'll have life eternal with you, Father. And uh, Lord, we know that you tell us this body that we're in today is decaying every day. Uh, but Father, we don't have to face that second step of death, which is eternal separation, that we can have life in you. So Lord, I pray today that your spirit would move. I pray that we would have a, a spirit of Thanksgiving, that we would... Uh, we would just remember through this week and especially through our celebrations uh, to offer up a word of thanksgiving to you. Uh, Lord, I pray now as we have a, a time of invitation, Lord, I pray that your spirit would move freely among your people and would respond to you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.